Welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. We're here today, as always, to help you on your personal journey uh, towards being a follower of Jesus Christ. And part of what we aim to do every week is just to magnify how great Jesus is. He is Savior and He is Lord and His ways are the best and uh, His promises lead to maximum life. And so we want you to be more in love with Him and, uh, and more comfortable and confident that if you follow Him and follow what He says is the truth, uh, you're going to live life to the fullest, and that's our desire. So we're, we're actually picking up today where we left off last week, and it was a, a great discussion on the why, why facts are so stubborn and why people uh, inherently uh, fallen nature is so resistant to change. And bring us up to speed, Andrew, and where we, first of all, what's going on in our culture and why even this topic today yeah. is so important? The reason this topic is so uh, dear to my heart is because I look at our divisive culture today. I mean, every single topic is like, it's like a landmine. Yep. I mean, you can barely talk about anything and be neutral anymore. Yep. Everything you, is trying to take side or a cancel culture and social media, all the stuff yep. going on. High emotions everywhere. High emotions everywhere. Trigger wars everywhere. Throw the pandemic in the midst as well. In the and mix and people are stuck at their home and just tension everywhere. <clears throat> How do we be impactful? How do we uh, love people? How do we communicate the gospel wisely? How do we love our neighbors and, and, yep. and, 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 uh, uh, in, impact people in a positive way in yep. this season. And I look at this article, I'm like, that gives us some insight into what this looks like. And again, the article that we're referencing uh, is a, a basically a, uh, a blog uh, post from the author of Atomic Habits, uh, James Clear. James Clear. Uh, and we so enjoyed that book that, you know, uh, did some more research, reading some of the other things. And, and really the idea that he came up with is, is you know, why facts are stubborn, why you can argue at your opponent and mm -hmm. why you can send out your tweet and put your <laughs> right. Facebook post or right. whatever and write your opinion in the paper. And all it does, it seems like, is just inflame things right. all the more. Yep. So what was he saying? Like, why is it that the facts are stubborn? Yeah, it's basically there is a need. There is a need in us to uh, to identify facts and conform our views to reality. That's what facts does. Yep. However, he's saying perhaps there's a greater need is that need to belong. Yep. And if the facts or this new reality actually threatens our 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 belonging or or threaten us so that we are kicked out of our tribe which we belong to, then so we'll easily ignore that fact. Perfect example. You can be a lifelong Republican or lifelong Democrat, and all your when, friends are Republicans, Democrats. Yeah, that's right. your tribe. Yeah, it's your tribe. And, yeah. and if you're really uh, you know a highly charged political person, and yeah. that's your tribe, it doesn't matter what the facts are to the contrary. Yeah, you can build a position that says this policy doesn't work. Or this policy has been an abject failure everywhere it's been tried. Right. But if you're belonging and you built your whole life, right. you know, I've heard the same thing in worldview teaching when it comes to creation versus evolution. Say you're a biology teacher at a secular university and you've written papers and, you know, on, on why uh, there is no God and why evolution is true. Mm -hmm. To believe in Jesus and then to believe in the scriptures would would completely deconstruct your whole educational identity. Mm -hmm. And rather than do that, which would, would seem to destroy your livelihood, you'll continue to believe things and believe facts that are not really facts, right. fact, facts that fly in the in the face of uh, the truth, maybe, yeah. on that subject. Right. Because, because you don't know where you're going to land. It would right. completely destroy who you are. Right. It says here, nobody wants their worldview torn apart if loneliness is the outcome. 
And that's the other factor, is that we're not considering loneliness when we're talking about political views or, or sociological facts or data or whatever. Yeah, the people in your political tribe are also your friends. Yeah. They're the people you go out to eat with. Right. Uh, you should go have a drink with whatever it is right. in that world. That's your social right. network. That's your. That's where you find your identity and affirmation. Right. And this is the reason why, like, you can meet a completely different tribe who believes such different things because within that tribe, whatever false reality gets perpetuated and just keep growing, 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 sure. growing, growing, and and next thing you know, you're in La La Land. And 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 for someone outside the tribe, you're like, how do you guys get there? Well, within the tribe is because that is because oh. no one was challenged. Well, and they about, might say the same thing about me. Yeah, you know? exactly. exactly. Yeah. Or how about this phrase that's yeah. used very commonly now in our culture? Mm -hmm. Andrew, you don't want to be on the wrong side, oh, yeah, of, history. Wrong side of history. Yeah. <laughs> because the wrong side of history means what we believe is cool, accepted. We right. use the phrase now woke. We're, we're the woke group. Right. And now the more people you right. get to, to, to jump right. into your tribe, the more power you have. And if the more people you have, the more true it must be. Yeah, and, and even that that statement, the wrong or the right side of history, is, is saying it's based on perception. The right side, more people who agree Versus, hey, you know what? What's objective truth? And we're saying there is objective truth because that's what God's perspective. So it right. doesn't matter what people think. It's what God thinks. But most people don't think like that. Well, exactly. And, yeah. and we have a lot of arguments today about who has the moral high ground, right? Because yeah. if you have the moral high ground right. and everybody's on this side of whatever right. that social issue is, right. then, then you must be right. Right. Uh, and, of course, this is where the rub comes. And we talked about this delicate dance between truth Yeah. And relationship, truth and tribe, maybe we call it. That right. would be a good uh, that'd be a good yeah. sermon series, truth <laughs> and tribe. Yeah. But um, but sometimes in the Bible, people had such an encounter with truth, mm -hmm. you know, like when Jesus went up to the disciples, he said, "Hey, drop your nets, um, follow me." It was it was an invitation, first of all, to relationship. They yeah. were following a person, yeah. but Jesus was basically saying, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. Drop your nets. Stop fishing for fish. Start fishing for people." That was a radical, you know, the Bible says that disciples dropped their nets, they followed Jesus. Yeah. So they were willing to leave their family, their, their occupations. They were no longer fishing for fish. They were now going to be pursuing Jesus. Right. Uh, and But it was an encounter with truth. Other times, you know, as we're going to see in today's podcast, Jesus encountered people relationally, yeah. not, not with the facts. Yeah. Like, repent, follow me. That was That was part of his strategy. But at other times... He took a, a more subtle approach, yeah, and he really went after a relationship with right. them. So it, this them. isn't really an either or proposition right. we're talking right. about. But it's a good just, discussion. Yeah, it's a good discussion about the the balance between having a truth based approach to life or simply having a love based approach to life, loving people for who they are versus beating people right. over the head with truth. Yeah, and, and yet not losing yeah. truth in the process. Well, that's the thing. Both you and I are kind of wired, maybe a little <laughs> bit more towards the truth. On the Enneagram, we'll, one will yeah. be pretty pronounced in our. Uh, our, our truth profile. matters to us <laughs> no but but i think and, and there's many of you watching who might be that way i, I think what i would like for you to get out of this is yeah. just understand that along with truth the belonging factor is just as important if not more important That's in good. general in general for well human said. nature if we want to understand people we want to reach people we need to understand human nature now that doesn't mean that I'm not saying that the belongings should trump true or whatnot. I'm just saying we just need to know that most yeah. people are wired that way. Not many people are wired prophetically to say, hey, I will follow the truth despite right. 
Yeah. You know, whatever it comes, comes, burn everything down. It's just only for the truth. Most people are not wired like that. Okay. If you're wired like that, more power to you. But most people are not wired like that. Most people are wired for belonging. Peter. Uh, you know, in the Bible, was was pretty much a, a truth person, right? Yeah. I mean, he, 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 Jesus, I'll die for you, and yeah. you know, who cares what everybody else thinks? And a lot of times, he was putting his foot in his mouth. But it was Peter who, after he was restored, mm-hmm. he said, "You know, be, be always be be ready mm-hmm. to to stand for the truth that you believe. Give it, give it, give, give an explanation. Yeah. You know, give a reason, give right. a rational approach for why you believe what you believe." But the second half of that verse is kind of where we, for, uh, us guys, mm-hmm. guys forget. It says, "Do it with uh, gentleness, yeah, and, and with peace." In other yeah. words, that the way that we share is always got to go after the heart, yeah. not just beating people over the no, head with good. with truth. And so that's, I think, the beautiful balance. And the Holy right. Spirit captures that. Right. Um, know what you believe, stand for the truth, but do it in a way that's loving. So let's talk today. You know, we promised you last week we we're going to give you a couple wonderful strategies uh, yeah. based on this podcast but the thing we love about i mean based on this uh, blog post but the thing we loved about this article was that uh this is biblical as well these principles yeah. are biblical yeah so what, what's one what, one thing we see in the bible it's a great common denominator great right. gathering place for people yeah who would have known it's sharing a meal together uh-huh. eating food we love to eat food and talk about the common denominator <laughs> who doesn't love good food right that's right that's right it's like the ultimate common ground right it's good food so instead right. of yelling at each other or right. screaming at your neighbor or right. or putting nasty things on facebook the idea was why don't right. you invite somebody over to your house for dinner or out for lunch or out yeah. for breakfast yeah i want to just just read real quick from this yeah. article. And this is from the article. When I read this, I was like, wow, this resonates something in me. Yeah, it was so uh, good. He, he called the British philosopher Alan de Bolton. He suggests that we, sim- we simply share a meal with those who disagrees with us. He says, sitting down at the table of a group of strangers uh, has the incomparable and odd benefits of making it a little more difficult to hate them with impunity. Prejudice and ethnic strife feeds up abstraction. However, the proximity required by a meal, handing dishes, uh, napkins, asking a stranger to pass assault disrupt, disrupts our ability to cling to the belief that the outsiders are different from us, in other words. Yep. And I, I just thought it was really interesting because many of our differences come from abstraction. You create a straw man right. of how someone, <laughs> you know, we build those arguments, those anger in our own head, and I will debate them this way, and they probably kick puppies in their sleep and you know <laughs> they're probably terrible to their parents and right. just we you, make all kinds of judgment yeah judgment against them until you meet a real person you have you share a meal you're like oh wow they they so, used to stay like i eat steak and then all of a sudden things change so when i get you across the table from me yeah. and i'm actually in close proximity and i yeah. say hey andrew can you pass me the salt yeah um all of a sudden those false straw men those yeah. those abstractions those those uh those those judgments that I formed against you yeah. vanish because yeah. I realize, hey, you like steak just like I do. Yeah. You put salt on yours just like I do. Uh, you need a napkin and a fork just like I use a napkin and a fork. Yeah. In other words, we're, we're building a, a common ground yeah. uh, and and the, forcing us to sit face to face. Even though we might not even be talking about those issues, uh, right. what we are doing is we're building relationships. Yeah, fo- it's what we talked about last week. We're focusing first on what we have in common, which again, for most people in America, or in the world, we have more in common than we don't. We both love our children. We want our next generation to be better. We want safety. We want prosperity. You know, 
those normal things most people want. <laughs> and I shared last week, you know, one thing that I don't care what country you're in, yeah. the one common commonality of everybody yeah. is that we want to be happy. But I guess I would broaden that because the other common ground is we all love to eat food. Yeah. I don't care what culture you're in. And, right. you know, we, we've been, we've both been overseas a lot. I remember some of the most profound images that are burned in my mind. You know, I, I remember um, after doing a crusade in Pakistan, which was amazing to see all the people and to preach the gospel. We went in, uh, along some simple cobblestone roads. It was like back in Bible days. We, we went into a simple pastor's home, which wasn't large. Mm. There wasn't a table big enough for us. And so we actually went in the bedroom. They put a tablecloth over the bed. The, oh, bed, nice. be the yeah. bed became the table. Mm -hmm. And it was full of, uh, of food. Uh, and all we did, even though the language wasn't the same, I couldn't communicate that way. We sat around that bed we ate food together, many times with, with just our hands, not utensils, you know. And we st I did a lot of smiling because I didn't have the language. Right. To, Nodding and smiling. But, but, but around, that, around that food, though, mm -hmm. there was a powerful bond that took place that yeah. was that was amazing. And yeah. I can think of all different cultures, all different kinds of strange food that I've eaten, strange to me. Yeah. Um, but it was a gathering place for us to be together. Right. And, his, and his principle, to get back to why we're talking about food, yeah. he says, facts don't change minds. Friendships change minds. Yeah, that's, good. that's a powerful principle. Yeah. And food is a, a great friendship builder. Right. And, and tie back to last week's point, you're going to end up listening, be open-minded to people who you already have agreement with. Right. Uh, he says those who you have the most impact with are those who agree with 98% 90, of yeah. stuff you already agree yeah. with. And that makes sense. Those you have credibility with, those you already uh, like, they, you, you know they like you, they love you, you have commonalities, um, their advice in the past has worked. Now you're, gonna, you're more open-minded to listen to more things. So when you engage a new person, when you talk about commonalities, when you share food, you're building friendship, you're, you're building credibilities, yeah. or else you got nothing to talk about, or you share these hot topic stuff and, and all of a sudden the wall comes up and the discussion is over. Whether you are factually correct, whether you have the most eloquent argument, you're the best debater, it doesn't matter because that argument, that conversation is over. And all they think is that guy was such a jerk from that yeah. camp. You know? yeah. And Versus to get back to what we talked about last week, the purpose of having the meal together isn't to, you know, get the food out of the way so then we can commence to argue with right. each other. Right. Uh, you know, the, the purpose of this, again, is is to build relationship. Yeah. And that's the power of questions. You, you and I both have known people uh, in our lives who really took a genuine interest in us. You know, some people are self-absorbed when you're around them. They just want to tell you about who they are, about their ministry, about their job, about what they're doing. And then you're around other people and... There is, you, you leave the conversation going, man, I really I really like Pastor Andrew. Why do I like Pastor Andrew? Well, I realized that what just took place was you just, and the whole engagement, you just kept saying, hey, how's this going? Yeah. How's your son doing? Yeah. Um, how did that uh, job interview uh, turn out? Uh, how's the project going in your backyard? I noticed you were doing, you know, in other words, you were, took a genuine interest in me. And I spent the whole time trying to catch you up to date. And then sometimes before I got a chance to ask you questions, maybe we're off doing something else. But the but it was so uh, energizing because somebody actually cared about me. Yeah. And that's what meals give you an opportunity to do while you're sitting there past the salt, eating the second helping of whatever. You're able to say, hey, how's your wife doing? 
Uh, how's your family doing? Right. It's powerful. Well, I, in fact, I love doing that over a meal because I get to eat and the other person talk. <laughs> so you throw out the question. And then, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, hey, man, you all talking. I'm eating this too. <laughs> it's also a good strategy. It's a great hungry. strategy if you're hungry. <laughs> Ask good questions. No, but I tell people, I said, look, a lot of times when we talk about loving people or, or discipleship and all that, we complicate things. All you have to do to begin is invite someone you don't know out. Don't say disciple them or don't ask them to disciple right. you. Just they're, go they're out a project. No, just go out, have, get some coffee, and think of three profound questions. Ask them and then listen. Just listen. Maybe bring a notebook and take some notes to tell people yeah. you're serious. Yeah. And then you're going to have a great time and they're going to love it and you get to love them. Like anybody can do that. Yeah. The problem is we don't listen. We, 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 we feel like uh, listening is awkward or we don't want there to be silence. No, just just ask the question and just listen. Practice good That's listening good. skills. That's good. That's it. And Jesus was the master at that, uh, connecting with people, whether it's the yeah. woman at the well. Or I, I love the story. You know, we're talking, we're, we're trying to build a justification for why at Living Stones we, <laughs> we value food and why it's so much a part of, you know, is this biblical, Pastor? Yes, yeah. it is biblical. <laughs> yeah. You know, Jesus came, the Bible says, came across a tax collector <laughs> named Levi or Matthew, uh, and uh, and as he connected with Matthew, I don't know if he invited him for lunch or what, um, but Matthew came to know the Lord. Now, again, this is a tax collector. His yeah. tribe, you, you know, you talk about the need for belonging. Yeah. Tax collectors were hated. Yeah. And so the only people that they had a tribe with was fellow tax collectors. <laughs> the tax collectors. So what did Matthew do? This is instructive. This is in, in, uh, in Luke chapter 5. Uh, Matthew, the Bible says, and I, I will read this here. Jesus said, follow me, be my disciple. That's belonging. Levi got up, he left everything, and he followed Jesus. That's the power of being invited into relationship. But I love what happens next. This tax collector throws a party. The Bible called it a banquet. He invited Jesus as the guest of honor. And guess who he invited to the party? Yeah. His tribe. All of his tax collector buddies. And I love that picture because that's really how the gospel spreads. You know, Jesus loved Matthew. He showed he showed personal care for him. He probably asked him questions, talked to him while he sat at his booth. But at some point, he said, "Look, I'm inviting you into relationship with me." Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit was working. We were saying too that you know it takes the Holy Spirit, not just a hamburger, to lead somebody to Christ. Yeah, sure. A hamburger yeah. paves the way with relationship, but at the end of the day, it's the Holy Spirit who has to be present because it's supernatural. But yeah. so here's something supernatural happens in this invitation. And Matthew says, Yes, I'm gonna follow you, Jesus. But then he says, Man, I don't want to just shift change over tribes. I want to invite all my old tribe yeah. into this new tribe. And what did they do? They threw a party. Right. You know, they didn't have an evangelistic crusade. <laughs> right. All right. Three-point sermon. Out, yeah. yeah. Jesus is going to, you know, pre yeah. present the altar call. Right. It's, it's crazy, isn't it? They threw a party. They, I'm sure there was amazing food, and people were laughing right. and sitting around right. and, you know, telling stories. And in the midst of all that, this is what I love. Jesus was the... Uh, the center. He was he was the person of honor. He was why the reason why they all came together. Yeah. So you know uh, we talk about this at our church several years ago. If you guys are listening, and maybe haven't been to the church, we built a a big foyer area, and I mean it's a it's big. Uh, our previous foyer was about as big as this table right here, <laughs> and uh, the, so this foyer was amazing. And we put a coffee shop in there, and we did that intentionally because our vision was that after service, before service, it would be a gathering place. 
And, you know, things are so busy now that I'm not able to get out there in between <laughs> services. But you're out there. I'm out Tell there. me what's going on. I mean, it's it's like a beehive. I mean, yeah. there's always people there. I love it. There's commotions. People are connecting, sitting in. And we put chairs and, and, and bar stools and stuff out there to facilitate that. Coffee. You know? Bagels, yeah, scones, scones, you know, lighting tables, chairs, and just you know, for people to connect and talk, and that's so life. eating, that's drinking coffee, yeah. sharing their lives yeah. together. And, and I think what for, for many of us in the church, we realize you know, sometimes we are very narrow, narrow, limited of, of church, mm -hmm. preach the truth, 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 yeah. truth, truth. But as we're finding out, truth has to be mixed with relationship and belonging and kindness and kindness and trust you gotta find your kin yeah it's not just austere jesus party all the time you yeah. know and maybe we should do the same yeah so celebrating life together and the wholesome things of life together right. um so encourage you again uh have people in your home practice hospitality you know i think the other example was you know we talked about zacchaeus he climbed up in the tree he was there's a hunger in his heart to yeah. to know who christ was but Jesus did something radical. He he actually invited himself over for dinner. You know, he said, "Hey, I need to I need to come to your house today, and we need to connect." Right. And, and it was over that connection that Zacchaeus experienced a powerful uh, life transformation. Absolutely. So food's important. Now, you, you mentioned hospitality, and just yesterday I met with a uh, a couple who wants to be life group leaders, and they have the gift of hospitality. I know that firsthand, and. And I just share with them, you know, you look through the spiritual giftings, yeah. like teaching and prophecy and right. healing and raising the dead and yeah. and all, all these all power, power gifts and stuff like that. You know, as I've been in ministry longer and longer, I look at my own life. It's interesting because my wife and I, I wouldn't say like hospitality is our lead foot in terms of gifting, even though we highly value it and we practice well, I, it to get better. I would better. say you're good at it, but I, I, I hear what you're saying, yeah. but but you are good at it. But I look back at my life, the things that's produced the most fruit, I, the things that I'm most proud of, and I look back, I'm like, oh, most satisfying yeah. is our hospitality. Is, is, is people over our house, loving people where they're at, yeah. having food, having gatherings, and just the fruit that has produced you know, you preach a good sermon. That's great. You know, people say, hey, good job. You know, have a good sermon and so forth. But I see the transformation happen in the homes and the lives. So I guess for all those who get the hospitality, I just want to say, hey, yeah. we need you. We want like that gift more and more. It's like, oh, man. I mean, or that's like a, the gift of helps. Yeah. People look at hospitality or the gift of helps like somehow, well, you know, I, I got I got, I, got I got the leftover barrel gifts. It's like, I guess I'll give you a hospitality. You know? Yeah. I wanted to, see, to move in, you know, he gift of healings, tongues, interpretation, prophecy, yeah. you know, the power right. gifts, word of knowledge. Right. Uh, and and again, all those are are wonderful. But but isn't it powerful? Like you said, coming alongside, helping somebody, yeah. opening up your home, feeding somebody a meal. Th th those are literally you're, you're making a super highway into that person's heart. Absolutely. Um, that that is powerful. That's where where I was able to see the real transformation is coming. I mean, you guys practiced hospitality for me for four years. That was a, that was a long that was a long <laughs> hospitality. You know, but that transformed my life, and I saw that on the base. You know, it's food, dinner table. How many conversations you and I had late night after ministry, nine o'clock at night, we're sitting around your island at your kitchen table having chips and salsa. Oh, yeah. And just talking and talking connecting. About life. Yeah, talking. asking questions, sharing life together. Yeah, that's the stuff that really transforms, yeah. you know? So. And, G and again, you know, Jesus did this all the time. Yeah. He focused, while there were multitudes that were impacted, he focused on basically 12 men. Yeah. And how many times after the big, you know, the big evangelistic crusade yeah. did they, he pulled them aside 
and they sat around having having dinner together and they talked about what happened. Yeah. And I think even Sunday was so powerful. You know, we celebrate the Lord's Supper to this day. He said, do this in remembrance of me. Yeah. Well, what are we remembering? We're remembering that we once were outsiders. Now we have a tribe of our own. Yeah, we good. once didn't belong. Now we belong. We once were, un were unforgiven. Now we've been forgiven and we're recipients of his grace. We remind ourselves of the covenant. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And we eat a meal. Yeah. And we could, I mean, think of it. Jesus could have instituted all kinds of rituals to remember what he did, yeah. but it was a meal. I know. Isn't that interesting? Like, let's eat this together. Yeah. Uh, and I think that just drives home the point of, again, that the, the, the gospel is relational in nature and and the great relationships form yeah, around and eating and Now when we take communion, most churches take communion. It's kind of ritualistic. You have a cup and a little little, yeah. little cracker. But, you know, even when 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 the apostle was addressing communion in the early church, it was an actual meal, right? They right. actually sat down. They actually had to say, hey, yeah. you know, like, yeah. like <laughs> eat before you come. come so that we, I mean, so We're that. are not going to be gluttons. So you're not gluttony. <laughs> I mean, that was the admonition right. to the early Kinda church. Like church potlucks. Yeah. yeah. The first people go yeah. through their places. One serving. <laughs> don't grab all the chicken legs. Right. <laughs> yeah, the last guy, the humble guy comes through. <laughs> and there's nothing left but a few green beans. <laughs> We all have Pastor Paul. Pastor Paul's like, guys, I'm telling you again, one helping, not two scoop, one scoop until everyone get their turn. So even in, even in, even in something good like eating a right. meal together, we mess right. it up. We gotta get. But correct. just understand that that the, the original communion, you know, yeah. was a literal meal. Yeah, it was a symbolic shit. meal. It was an actual meal eating together. And how yeah. important that is. So, so okay. So, so get me hungry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm getting hungry too. I didn't have any breakfast. All right. So, so the first point was, uh, Food. food, food as invite a strategy. Invite people over. Invite your neighbors over for a meal. You yes. know, talk about your similarity. Focus on that first. Be kind. Yeah, Just and, love and them. Make sure it's good them. food, so they don't go home and throw up or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> show your hospitality through good food. Yeah. But the second one was equally important, and I thought this this was good. Talk about the power, you know, of a book as opposed to a confrontational yeah. conver conversation with somebody. Right. Yeah, and, and we all understand. I understand this. When you are in a debate, you know, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or a public debate, your goal is to win, right? Right. Your mindset is on winning. You want to destroy uh, their arguments, arguments and yeah. show them to be, yeah. you know, fallacious, not true. Right. I mean, your prize at stake. People are watching. You right. don't want to be public embarrassed. You don't right. want to be caught off guard, all that stuff. Which is why all the talking heads on the evening news uh, are going to continue saying what they say. And many times if there's a question asked or something pointed out, they don't even deal with that yep, nope. because that will destroy what everything that they're saying. Push the button, cut off screen. Yes, Here's right. a commercial break. Yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 yeah. And we never see anybody really coming right. to any sense There's no sense real of learning. There's no growing. There's no open-mindedness. Same thing in Congress right now. You got both sides <laughs> of the aisle. Nobody, yeah. nobody wants to give up their tribe yeah. or come together because that would be a sign of weakness or failure. Sure. Right. So we're nasty, but but may that may that not be the case in our community, in 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 our neighborhoods, in our church, in yeah. our family. You know. Yeah. So, but what they're saying is, uh, instead of uh, using debates, how about giving them a book? Because mm -hmm. when you read a book, right, you're reading the privacy of your home. You're reading a book. No one's watching you. Or, you know. Then you you're able to kind of read the information, or process the information at your own pace. You know, you know, you're not you, under pressure, right? You know? your, your your mind and the privacy of your own home is is very non-threatening. Yeah, you're able to go, hey, 
That makes sense. Or right. you know what? I need to, I need to balance that out with what I've been taught or what I've right. always believed. Right. Uh, and I can do that mm -hmm. in in the privacy of my own mind right. and, and in my own home and right. reading a nice book sitting in the comfort of my Absolutely. my recliner. Your guards down. Your yeah. guards down. That's so important for your guards to be yeah. down. So I would say the most effective way is <clears throat> for someone who I really believe most of what you believe and you have credibility with them and then you give them a book to help them edge one step closer, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and, and in those cases, man, you're going to produce yeah. a lot and, of fruit. And, you know, we, we tie the whole idea with a book, like say with a meal, when you invite somebody over and you've taken the time to prepare a meal, mm -hmm. it's a gesture of kindness and love. It's, mm -hmm. It says, hey, we, I value you. Right. Uh, it's the same thing. I've used books and, and a lot of you, you know, that are maybe listening that know me, you know that books are my love language. Uh, I love books. And uh, some people have tools, you know, they, their garage is full of tools. I'll never get rid of any tool because tools are precious. That's the way I am with books. It's like, I can't get rid of that book. I might need it someday. <laughs> so I love books, but I've also found this to be the case. Um, you know, I remember time with my, when my son's uh, baseball coaches, um, you know, I built a a relationship with them. I would say on a scale of 10, 10 being the greatest depth to one being shallow, I was maybe somewhere in a, a three or a four, mm -hmm. you know, just beginning to build a relationship. But I wanted to thank them for all the time that they invested in my son and, and being his coach. <clears throat> and so I didn't want to give them a overtly uh, strong religious book as if right. hey, read this because this will fix you kind of thing. I didn't want to fix the Bible them. commentary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I did want to give them something that would add some salt to their life. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I have found that uh, John Maxwell, he's, you know, of course, a uh, leading Christian leadership guru, uh, written, you know, dozens and dozens of great practical books on just how to be a better leader. And yet uh, many times he incorporates good biblical principles. Yeah. And so I'll buy a good book like that. I'll write something on the inside. Thank you so much for investing in my kids. Mm -hmm. uh, and I give them that book. And, and I hope, again, I hope that that book uh, has a, uh, a certainly timeliness to it. I don't yeah. know about you, but I, sometimes people have given me books. I'm like, thank you, but I, you know, I got to stack this high. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm not going to read this now. I put it up on my shelf. But you know, the Lord knows the exact time when that book is going to speak to you. Yeah. And I found that to be the case. Sometimes even giving people, you know, a copy of the Bible. Uh, they're like, hey, thanks. And, and they put it up on the shelf. But guess what happens when crisis occurs or when they're going through the worst time in their lives? All of a sudden they look up and there's that Bible or there's that book. Uh, and they're able to engage with that in the privacy of their own home. Even, I love this, a podcast uh, like we're doing right now or a church uh, online streaming, yeah. you know. Is great because once again, you can invite someone until you're blue in the face. Andrew, come to church with me. Andrew, come visit. I promise you, you'll really love our church. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. But guess what? You can do. You can go home and you can on the you know on your own phone. You can yeah, watch that them. service yeah. and you're like, wow, I like what that guy had to say. Right. Or I like that church. Or you know, hey, those people seem like they're relatively normal. Right. <laughs> Maybe I could go there. Right. It's amazing because the whole idea is. You can engage in ideas in the privacy of your mind right. and your home at your own terms, sure. at your at your own uh, level. Absolutely, and uh, and that's and we need to take advantage of that right. more and more and more. Absolutely. Uh, have people ever given you books, or have people ever? Uh, oh, people give me books all the time. I mean, I'm in the, I'm the same case, yeah, which is like, like I, I'm. But again, I have, I'm reading two or three books just even for work already. That for me to get to 
other books, I have to, it's going to take a while. But when I get to it, yeah, absolutely, there's impact. There's definitely impact to it when I do get to it. And, and we do this, you know, in our discipleship format. We have a, a book a month that we require yeah. our men and our ladies to read. And really what the book does is it just provide, it provides almost like a table. You're setting a table, like if you had a meal, you're setting a table of ideas instead of, uh, you know, food. Um, but mental ideas, yeah. mental food. And so those ideas, it gives you a, a format then to engage together, which yeah. is kind of what we're doing right now. Right. Uh, and then in the process of talking about common ideas, uh, you can begin to see how that fits into your worldview. Absolutely. But the key thing is this, you know, don't, don't challenge somebody's belief system in such a way that it's absolutely destroyed. Uh, and, then, and then they're in a crisis, uh, you know, like, wow. What do I believe? I think it's always best, again, in the process of asking questions or in the process of introducing new ideas to allow people to experience some of that in a way that they can handle it, where it's not too much, it's not overwhelming. Yeah, again, we need to re understand that nobody wants to have their identity destroyed, yeah. right? Yeah, when you, you, you don't want to hit a trigger point. And that's that's where this whole kindness and, and understanding the tribe the tribe affiliation is so important. Yeah, and we've seen this, you know, with people that have late in life conversions. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think of I think of um, people that have been atheists or people that have stood in a very uh, aggressive way in an anti anti Christ kind of lifestyle, and all of a sudden they're confronted with the truth of who Jesus is, and they realize that they've lived a lie their whole life. Yeah. They've lived a lie, and that's emotionally devastating. But at the same time, when you realize I can either continue to live a lie or I can embrace the truth, yeah. that's when you need the support system. That's when you need some people eat, eating meals with yep. you, yep. helping you right. understand what you're believing now, uh, what you know to be true in your right. heart, helping you understand that in your mind with great books and resources that come right. along. Oh, that's good. That's good. So, well, I mean, to me, so I'm going to put this all together. Okay. Yeah. I have this formula. You know, I think last week we talked about the, the belief spectrum, right? If you were to divide your spectrum of belief from zero to 10, if you believe strongly about one side, you're at 10 and someone who's polar opposite is at zero. Right. Okay. And we said it's almost impossible for, if you're at 10 to change someone's mind, if they're at zero. However, if someone's at seven or eight, right. And they already believe a lot what you believe in, it's much easier to move them to nine and then to 10. And the relationship is the, the, the oil, right. the grease, the grease that, that lubricates helps you the whole slide. process, yeah. help you slide. Absolute relationship. And so, you know, if you really want to practice what we're preaching here, you know, whether it's the gospel or just other things that you feel like is really important for people to understand or know or believe in, you know, I, what you could practically do is whatever. So, say you're on the eight on that spectrum, whatever that spectrum is, invite someone who is a seven or a six. Identify yep. who they are. Go for go for those, and they'll invite them over for dinner. Have a meal with them at the you know, and, and focus on your commonality, not the fact that they're a six and you're eight. Right. No, focus on the fact of how you guys are so similar and the things you guys do believe in, and and the commonalities of life. Share a meal, and then at the end of the meal, say, "Hey, I got this book. I thought you might be interested based on our discussion." And give it to them, have them read that book. That's good. That's as practical as it gets. And then follow up and say, hey, how do you, what do you think? You know, that's as and, practical and, as it gets. And we've talked about it on this podcast, I believe. It certainly is part of our discipleship. Some of, mm -hmm. for instance, Bob Goff. You know, Bob Goff is just somebody who does a great job of loving people. Yeah. And, you know, you give that book to somebody, just say, hey, you want you want to laugh and you want to cry? Yeah. You know, here, here, here's a great book uh, that I think will really help you. It's an encouragement book. Right. It's not like, 
let me dr drill home what you believe about this incredibly right. deep theological right. position, yeah. you know. Let me tell you why I was right and you're wrong. Here's <laughs> exactly. a book. That, exactly. No. Yeah. And, and I, I believe this, and we talk about this a lot. I believe one of the greatest drawing cards of the church mm -hmm. is our community. It's our tribe. It's our culture. And, and people should be looking. You know, we, I, I shared a story of a, of a couple that's new to our church that, that they got invited. In fact, it was the, the connection was hair. It, she did the ladies' hair at okay. her church, all right? So she's a hairdresser. So how many of you know hairdressers are great communicators? What do you do when you sit in that chair? Well, they're doing your hair, and they're asking about this, and you're talking about that, and you're talking about <coughs> your kids, and, and you're building a relationship yep. over a common thing like having to do your hair, which... I can't relate, but other people know what I'm talking about. Right. <laughs> so in the process of this, they invited them to marriage class. Right. They come to marriage class. They're part of that tribe. They see everybody else working on their marriage. Well, what does that say? Yeah. Well, I guess it gives me permission yep. to work on my marriage. Then what did they do? They went to Chicago. It wasn't a ministry event. They went to Chicago for some good food. Mm -hmm. And in the process, they started talking about, hey, your life's different. I like the joy that you have. I like this tribe. Yeah. Everybody's happy. You guys yeah. are getting along. You're having yeah. fun together. And really what led this person to the Lord was not somebody pulling out a track and saying, hey, here's the truth, A, B, C, D, therefore do this, which is fine. Truth, right. we got to share the truth. It sure. has to, the gospel has content to it. Right. But what led them down the journey from, say, being a, a one to being a 10, it didn't happen overnight, yeah. but it was relationally. Yeah. They, and they saw the power of a healthy family. Yeah, the and, credibility. Yes. Yeah. And, it, and, they, and they, here's what they said. I want what you guys have. Yeah, that's good. That, that to me is the, the really the biblical model. I want what you have. I, I, I see your life. I see this. They didn't say it this way, but I see the superiority of the mm -hmm. life that you're living and the fruit that you're having and the joy that you're experiencing. Yeah. I want what you have. Yeah. And then came the, tell me how to get there. Yeah. That's when the truth comes in, you know, because you don't just slide in because we give you lots of hugs and feed you hamburgers. Yeah. You know, it's the truth of the gospel that we believe and, uh, and it transforms us. Yeah, that's good. That's but, I, good. but I love that picture. And so, you know, I just want to boldly invite you to find a local church if you don't have one, uh, where there's amazing relationships centered on Jesus. Find your tribe. You know, we tell people all the time at Livingstone, I had a lady come up to me Sunday. It was so great. Uh, I'll never forget this. She said, you know what? I want to be a part of a church that fights back. In other words, I want to be a part of a church that stands for what's right. Yeah. She's very, at that point, very truth-based. Yeah. In other words, she's saying, I want to be a part of a tribe mm -hmm. that stands for what's true and pushes back yeah. and, and is willing to go counter-cultural. Yeah. So in that situation, the fact that that's who we are became the gathering point. But once she came here, that's where the belonging came. Yeah, absolutely. And so now she's got... The truth, and she's got the tribe, yeah. and uh, and they both come together. So, um, any Stop. final comments on this? It's been this was a great, uh, great podcast or or great uh, article that we pulled out here. A lot of good oh, meat to it. I think it's again. There's such practical things that we could do in terms of how do we impact our culture. We look at the mess we have in our culture today, yeah. and we're like, well, what can we do? I'm saying, hey, maybe less post on social media. Yeah. And more inviting people to your house, you know, yeah. it takes more time and energy. I know you have to actually interact with people. Yeah. I'm not saying don't post stuff. I'm just saying maybe focus more on actually inviting or go have coffee with people and actually uh, uh, face to face interaction. 
Uh, I, I feel like it, it in terms of actually improving our nation, uh, all cohesion of our community at large, that's a much better way to do it. So, so today we talked about cooks and books, all right? <laughs> <laughs> cooks and books, food and f food for the for the soul and food for the mind. Yeah. Um, but be somebody that's a, a gift giver. I've got a relationship in my life, uh, a former pastor here. Whenever I see him, I bring a book. Whenever he sees sees me, he gives me a book. Mm -hmm. And that's our love language. But uh, we constantly are sharing good ideas with each other. Because part of it is, too, is I want to invest in you. Yeah. I want you to grow. I want you to be all that Christ has called you to Amen. be. So good food and good ideas and good books are a great way to move people along the journey towards towards unity uh, and to provide some good, you know, common sense answers to the problems that we're facing and bringing people together. So um, let, let's do that this week. Maybe there's someone you can invite over and maybe there's a great book that you could uh, give to somebody. In fact, I, I, want, I want to encourage you to please engage with this podcast. We love to hear your comments every week. Uh, if you can relate to this uh, and uh, or you've done that or practiced that or you have an amazing book that you'd love to share with us, uh, that we could use to be a blessing to other people. Please interact with us on Facebook. Uh, your comments are, are uh, we're excited about it. We need to hear from you, all right? Yes. And please like and share this podcast. Keep spreading the word. Uh, I get good feedback every week from people, many of whom are not near us, uh, not in the local vicinity, but who are able to enjoy uh, some of the content that we share over this podcast. So please uh, let us know about that. And Andrew, would you pray today just that uh, we'd have some good bridge building <laughs> yes. uh, in our lives this week? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for uh, just the example you set about breaking bread of all the institutions, uh, the, the vessel for the institution to remember you. You chose uh, breaking the bread and the cup, Lord. And, and uh, there's such simplicity and elegance and wisdom and your commands, Lord. And and may we just really carry that out, breaking bread with, first of all, our brothers and sisters in the Lord, Lord, that, that there would be unity in our churches, unity in the fellow believers, but that even for our nations, for those who disagree with different experiences and background, that we can sit down over a meal, truly engage, care for each other, hear each other's stories, and love each other like you would love, Lord. And I pray for all those who are listening and ourselves that so we can practically walk this out. This is not just another podcast, that this would be something that really equip us to become your messenger, your, your ambassadors um, to a culture that sorely need of Christ. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, you have a great week. We're going to go eat. <laughs> Talk to you next time. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> we'll see you later. See you later.